Hello everyone. Today's episode is on Saint Sebastian, a great warrior saint. A great white-robed martyr of the church. The patron saint of warriors, the patron saint of soldiers, the patron saint of athletes, also the patron saint of the LGBTQ community. I really enjoyed writing this episode and I really enjoyed recording this episode. This episode is also a payment for Saint Sebastian who recently interceded for me after a petition. So Saint Sebastian, this episode is also for you. Thank you, Sebastian, and pray for us. Enjoy everyone. God bless. I loved you, said the Emperor Diocletian to the half-nude man bound to a tree. It didn't have to be this way, Sebastian, the Emperor continued, before shaking his head somberly and turning away to leave. And upon his exit, the archers raised their bows, aiming them at the soldier. Sebastian was a top general sentenced to die for converting, healing, and protecting Christians behind Diocletian's back. Sebastian, nearly naked, bound to a tree, he slowed his breath. He raised his head, anticipating his death, looking his enemy dead on, counting down the moments, savoring the last glimpses of his life. I know if I die, I'll return to my creator, Sebastian said to himself. And if they kill me, it will only further glorify God's name and his righteousness, and only sully the souls of my captors. And then with a snap, the arrows were released, instantly slicing through Sebastian, piercing his throat as blood ran from his mouth down his neck, through his arms, through his legs, and even his side, much like the wounds of his savior. His body was torn, it was shredded, it was bloodied. His head fell, his vision tunneling, his lungs collapsing. I want my former brothers to see my face, he said. So he slowly looked up, so he could meet eyes with those who betrayed him. All has his vision slowly turned to black. Is this heaven, he thought as he heard a woman's voice. Is this an angel? Is this the mother of God, Mary, he whispered. Mary, he shouted. No, Irene, a woman answered. It's Irene. Bandages were removed from Sebastian's eyes and in burning blurry vision, a woman stood in front of him, nursing to his wounds. I was sent to collect your body, said the woman called Irene. The community wanted to give you a proper burial, so we were tipped off about where they disposed of you. And somehow, you're still alive. Sebastian, this is a miracle. This is a gift from God. Even your wounds, many of them have somehow already healed. They think you're dead. So change your name. Leave. Start over new and go. No, Sebastian whispered. No? No. My work here isn't finished, he said. He then arose, he grabbed a cloak laying near his bed. 
Irene was irate and aghast that this man, half dead, was now halfway out the door. Sebastian put his hands on her head, blessed her, and thanked her. She insisted he stay, she insisted he heal, but he heard none of it. He thanked her again and quickly hurried down the streets of Rome, heading straight for the palace of Emperor Diocletian. And as a former soldier, he knew all of the passageways and the shortcuts. He scaled a palace fence, went behind a shrub that led to an underground tunnel. He crept past the laughing drunk guards in their chambers. He snuck past the cells of the prisons. While prisoners slept in the same cells, he was also subjected to. He finally climbed a stairwell that ascended to a small door, and in just moments, he secretly entered the courtyard of the kingdom. The palace was quiet. It was empty. The sun had barely begun to rise and the guards were drunk in their chambers. So Sebastian approached the grand staircase, the staircase that led to the palace, and he slowly began to climb each step. At sunrise, in just a few hours, on these same stairs, Emperor Diocletian would appear to address his court. And on these same stairs, Sebastian put on his hood, backed himself into the shadows of the marble columns, and waited. <sighs> For behold, the wicked they bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. And I am here to tell you, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, that they will come for you as well. Much like Sebastian, those who come for you may be ones you once trusted, ones you once loved. Even they may raise their bows, pull their coils, and release their arrows of pestilence upon you. Their arrows of lies upon you. Their arrows of hate upon you. Their arrows of jealousy upon you. However, I do not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. Because much like Saint Sebastian took arrows from his enemies, he still lived. He still had breath in his lungs, a beat in his heart, and God in his soul, because no weapon formed against the righteous shall prosper. And the arrows inspired by the evil one may wound, but they will never kill. They may cause pain, but they will not cause perish. And they will damage, but not cause full destruction. So search me, O God. Search me and know my heart. Try me, try me and know my thoughts. See if there are any wicked ways within me and lead me in the way that is everlasting. Because, oh my God, they are prowling. They are waiting with their quiver of arrows and they are joyful to see my demise. Oh, how they laugh. 
Oh, how the workers of inequity, they boast themselves prideful, arrogant, influenced by the waves of the slanderer. But I know my God. I know that my heart is pure. I know that you reside in the depths of me. And wherever I go, you are there. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, you are still by my side. So search me, God. See my clean spirit, see my true heart, and turn those arrows back toward my enemies. Because if they hate me, then they also hate you. Pierce their souls with abundance, my God. Wound them so that in the pools of their blood they may see their own wicked reflection. Because I will not flee as a bird to your mountain. No, instead, I will behold your face even in the most chaotic of battles. And this is another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. And I am your host, W. Bound to a tree, begging my enemies to try me. Peace be with you. And with your spirit, welcome to another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. Today we will be discussing a great saint, one of the greatest martyrs, St. Sebastian. And when I say martyr, I don't mean how it's used today by the alt-right, the fascists, and the self-righteous and the egotistical. I don't mean martyred as in you are canceled. I don't mean martyr as in you're being held accountable. I mean martyr as in you died. You were killed despite having a clean, righteous heart, a clean, pure heart and a clean, pure mind. Those people will surely enter the kingdom of heaven. And of course, martyrdom is not confined to the saints. There are many people on death row right now who've been wrongfully accused and them too will be martyrs. There are people who have died at the hands of injustice, racism, terrorism, and war, and they too are martyrs for they died with a clean, pure spirit. However, in the context of Catholicism, in the context of mysticism, in the context of magic, Saint Sebastian is a very important saint and one of the most important martyr saints of them all. And the interesting thing about Sebastian is his story is brief. The intro to this episode was half of the story to begin with. And yet, his story has fascinated many people. And if you really want to get into it, in which we will today, there's a lot of pieces you can put together that really showcase who this great saint was. And despite his story being short, he has also been the muse for many, many pieces of artwork. Many of you listening likely mainly know Sebastian from the artwork in which he is depicted. So I'm very excited to talk about this great saint, Saint Sebastian the Martyr. 
So Sebastian joined the Roman army during time of Christian persecution. So if you're familiar with the history of the church, early Christians were, of course, persecuted by the Roman Empire. There were underground movements, underground worshipers of Christ. And Sebastian joined the army during this time. And it's unclear when he became a Christian. It's unclear if he was already a Christian when he joined or he had a conversion. Um, in some versions of the tale, he enlisted purely so he could comfort Christians and maybe persuade the army from inside to be less harsh or to even let these people go. Regardless of his motives, though, he was an excellent soldier. He was an excellent warrior, an excellent strategist, and he quickly became a favorite of Emperor Diocletian. And while in the army, Sebastian visited the ailing and imprisoned, and this includes Christians and non-Christians, and he comforted them and he even healed them. Um, it's said that miracles formed around him, he restored a blind girl's sight, he performed various other miracles of healing on the battlefield, much like Joan of Arc, and he actively converted many to Christianity despite being the enemy. And inevitably, Emperor Diocletian found out, he felt betrayed, and he ordered Sebastian's execution. And he was sentenced to execution by arrows, by archers. And as we heard in the beginning, he was shot full of arrows. It said he was stuck full of arrows and he resembled an urchin in the legend of St. Sebastian. However, he survived. And as I also said in the intro here, a woman named Irene, who would later become a saint in her own right, nursed him back to health and begged him to leave Rome. Uh, but he did not. Um, she begged him to leave because he could have easily gotten away. He was presumed dead. However, he wanted to stay. He wanted to confront Diocletian. And you see this a lot during early Christianity. You, you kind of see people who are called to be martyrs and Sebastian likely felt the need to become one of these martyrs. So Sebastian decided to stay and he went to confront Diocletian and denounce him. So in the dramatized version of events in the intro of this episode, I had him going up to the stairs to confront Diocletian. Now, the story itself is a little vague. He does confront Diocletian as well as in some versions of the story, he actually preaches to the group in front of the kingdom of the palace and he denounces Diocletian because this is Diocletian's top soldier. This is his top general. And now a man that was presumed, basically a celebrity, that was presumed to have been executed has appeared alive in the courtyard of the king or the emperor and is denouncing him. That's heavy, that is intense, and that's what the legends say. He appeared, and people thought he was dead, but he was in the courtyard, and now he is denouncing Emperor Diocletian. His former top general has come back from the dead to denounce Emperor Diocletian. And it's said that Diocletian at first almost just left. He almost just left in such shock and he didn't know what to do. He was just gonna leave the kingdom and let Sebastian keep going. But his court, his advisor said, no, we need to execute this guy again. Uh, and Diocletian allowed that to happen. But the point is though, 
man thought to be dead that all of Rome knew as a top general Diocletian returns from the dead, denounces him, and Diocletian leaves for a split second and then comes back. However, Diocletian did sentence him to death again, this time right then and there in the courtyard. He was clubbed to death and his body was thrown into a dung heap. And this time it worked, he was dead. So shortly after, Sebastian's apparition appeared to a Christian widow and he told her the location of his body so he could receive a proper burial. And today you can still visit his tomb in the catacombs. And almost instantly, a cult of Sebastian began to form uh, and he quickly became one of the most important saints, especially for future military saints, future warrior saints. So saints like George, saint like Joan, uh, they also likely knew about Sebastian and could have taken some interest in him and even patronages to him. And in many of the liturgies of the Catholic Church, when they discuss all of the great martyrs of the church, sometimes referred to as the great robed martyrs or the great white robed martyrs, St. Sebastian is usually at the top of the list. And really, that's the long and short of it. He was a Christian in the Roman army when the Romans were persecuting Christians, yet he aided Christians, he healed Christians, he performed miracles, shot with arrows, returned from the dead essentially, uh, confronted the emperor, and then was killed again. And that, that's really the story. It is a very fascinating story. It is a very interesting story. It's a fun story, but it's short. Um, you have a lot of saints, Francis, St. Anthony, um, that you have books and books and books of stories. Sebastian, not so much, and yet he is still kind of a mainstay in art, in literature, and in Christianity as a whole. And this is partially because he was then venerated again in the Middle Ages. So St. Sebastian was one of what is called the 14 Holy Helpers. and. The 14 Holy Helpers are really fascinating to me because as we are, I guess, still in a pandemic, even though no one wants to talk about it, um, we're in a time that is very similar to the Middle Ages in the fact that there is an infectious disease going on. And during the Black Plague, the Catholic Church said, here are 14 saints that you can pray to to protect yourself from the plague. And what I like about this too, and it's so mystical and medieval Catholicism and magical for lack of a better term, is each of these saints that you would pray to during the plague had a specific thing, right? So St. Christopher, and I've talked about this in a Q&A episode, Christopher is the patron saint of traveling, right? However, during the plague, he was actually the saint you would pray to to protect against the plague while traveling. You also had St. George who, uh, he was the patron saint of soldiers during the plague, but he has a lot of association with protecting livestock. So when the plague happened, he was who you would pray to for the health of your domestic animals. You had Barbara, uh, who would protect uh, your home uh, with the plague because she would also protect your home from wildfires. Blaze, of course, he became the patron saint of throat illness. So again, during the plague, any throat ailments. So you had 14 holy helpers that would assist with certain aspects of the plague, even traveling during the plague. And I think that was fascinating. Now, the 14 holy helpers would vary from community to community. So as I've mentioned in past episodes, the church 
didn't have like this set strict rule book then. There had been councils at this point. The Council of Trent did happen around this time, but communities still had their patron saints. They still had kind of their own rules and bishops would dictate that. So you had some more mystical areas and then you had some more non-mystical areas. You had some what we would call folk practices now and that might not exist other places. Nonetheless, my point here is some communities included Sebastian as one of those 14 holy helpers. And I really like Sebastian as a 14 holy helper because it makes sense with his story. So he was included in the 14 holy helpers because he cheated death, right? He came back from death. So this, of course, was an attractive way for people to feel like he can assist them in recovering from the plague and preventing death from the plague. Um, there were also towns in which he was the patron saint or towns that he was not, and they were free from the plague after they erected statues of St. Sebastian. Though, here's what I like about it. There's a pagan tie-in here that you have to understand. So this correlation is a little bit hidden, but it makes a lot of sense. So Apollo is the archer of God, right? He was believed to send pestilence by arrows for those he felt worthy of his wrath. So pestilence by arrows, right? Plague by arrows. Sebastian could survive arrows of man, so he can also help you survive the arrows of pestilence. So arrows and pestilence would have made sense to Romans and early Christians and just people throughout that time era. And I don't want to go too much into a rabbit hole because we're going to get into this during my series on the demonic, my series on deliverance, which will be coming. But there's a lot of hidden and not so hidden pagans versus pagan gods versus Christian saint allegories in Christianity. So Sebastian surviving wrathful arrows from archers could be a tale used to say that Sebastian was more powerful than Apollo. You have this with saints as well, of course, as Christ and Yahweh. So Jesus turning water into wine was a note that Jesus could perform the same miracles as Bacchus, who also turned water into wine. Now, this is a taste of a larger discussion that we will one day have on, we're gonna go down the rabbit hole a little bit. This is a taste of a larger discussion on pagan gods who were members of what the Bible would call the divine council versus demons who would masquerade as these pagan gods. So the gods of the divine council in the Bible are called gods of the nations, which could be either true pagan gods who exist, as you know, or fallen gods who inappropriately accepted worship or demons masquerading as these pagan gods. So there's a little taste there. But when a saint would defeat one of these demons masquerading as a god of a nation, masquerading as a pagan god, the saint would become the city's new patron saint. I promise we are going to have an episode on all of this eventually. Uh, but you see this with Saint Demetrius. Uh, he defeated a spirit who was claiming to be Aphrodite, but it was really a demon. And he exercised that demon and then Demetrius became the patron saint of Corinth when before Aphrodite was the goddess of Corinth. So, <laughs> Sebastian defeating arrows is a hidden but understood way of saying Sebastian can survive the arrows of Apollo and Sebastian can trump 
Apollo. But I digress, and I am very excited to get into that in a future episode. All right, let's move away from the Divine Council, even though Sebastian could very well be in the Divine Council, and he could have taken the place of Apollo. Again, later discussion. Back to St. Sebastian. St. Sebastian is best known for his depictions in art and images, paintings, sculptures of his are some of the most iconic. Like I said, if you are familiar with St. Sebastian, it's likely you're familiar with his depictions in art. And guys, as I've said before, aesthetics matter. Aesthetics matter in spirituality. They matter in all religions because when our minds are in a state of awe, our minds are elevated to God because we are trying to grasp beauty. So when we have discussions about materialism, we have discussions about idol worship, things like that, I feel a lot of that is misunderstood because it is not to showcase art to show off, it's to showcase art and objects that bring us to a state of awe. So knowing or just being drawn to an image of a saint, beautiful, beautiful. If all you like about Saint Sebastian is his artwork, perfect. That is God working through you. So Sebastian has been depicted by da Vinci, Michelangelo, Botticelli, Durer, and many others. He even inspired Frida Kahlo in a piece called The Wounded Deer. Check that out if you're not familiar. You're probably going to Google it and you weren't expecting that, but there it is. Uh, the arrows in the deer uh, represent, of course, Sebastian. But there's a lot of imagery in that piece by Frida that ties back to a lot of world religions, but Christianity is represented in that image through the arrows symbolizing Sebastian. If we want to talk about arrows too, arrows in the Psalms, arrows in the Bible, arrows are everywhere. Arrows can stand for pestilence. They can stand for God's protection. Demons are said to have, are standing ready with their quiver of arrows. You also have God having his quiver of arrows. And then of course, in Renaissance art, angels are seen with arrows as well. So you have a lot of arrow symbolism in art. And you also of course have arrows with Sebastian. Oscar Wilde also used Sebastian's name in his final years when he was checking into hotels and he was living a life of secrecy. Tennessee Williams has a 1949 poem San Sebastiano de Sodoma, which explores the traditional religious and homoerotic aspects of Sebastian's legend, which yes, we're about to talk about. So his feast day is January 20th, and let's talk about his patronages. So he is the unofficial patron saint of gay people. He is very important to many spiritual people in the LGBTQ community. And a lot of this simply has to do with the artwork. And, you know, I, I see a lot of jokes about this, like the gays just like Sebastian because look at the art. But like I said before, if you are moved by art, then that's not just lust. It's not just attraction for attraction's sake. 
um, that art is moving something within you. So yes, it, it can be something people laugh at, even my gay friends laugh at it. You know, I just like this image of, I just like Saint Sebastian because he's snatched in the imagery. But no, that that's good. <laughs> if you are being drawn towards a spiritual figure because of the aesthetics, that is still very good. So if you're unfamiliar with the depictions of Sebastian, the artwork showcases a young, beautiful man with pierced flesh often looking away in this alluring form of agony. And in the late 19th century, he began, or I would say reinvigorated occult following as a symbol of homoerotic desire. Now, I'm saying reinvigorated because I do believe that the cult goes back many, many centuries. And when I say cult, I just mean patronage saint, unofficial, official patron saint, a, a, a unique special saint. I don't mean like Jim Jones. Um, that goes back centuries. The cult of Sebastian, as in the following of Sebastian, goes back to his martyrdom. But I do feel like the um, tie-in of being a symbol of homoerotic desire, I, I do think that goes back prior to the 19th century and actually began around the time that these artworks from da Vinci Botticelli started to arise. Just wasn't until the 19th century that people probably felt more comfortable being open about their attraction towards these pieces. And due to that tie-in, you start to see that coming up in folk practices. I see it a lot just in general, I guess you could say folk Catholicism, uh, but you see it a lot in Mexican folk practices where Sebastian is a matchmaker and protector for gay and lesbian couples. You'll also see Anthony on the altar with them. Anthony can also be petitioned for same-sex couples, though usually Sebastian is the main one and Anthony is just on that altar for support. And there's also another legend that I'm not sure what era it ties back to or where essentially it comes from. I do know it is recited in honestly both Mexican and Italian folk Catholicism and folk cultures. So I'm curious if it does have a tie-in back to Rome. Um, though the rumor would be that Sebastian and Diocletian were actually lovers. So it made Sebastian's betrayal even more important even more hurtful and it made Diocletian even more wrathful. So I find that interesting. And there's a lot of other tie-ins I think you could make with the persecution here, right? Sebastian was hiding his true nature as a Christian. He was hiding his true self, but he still came out <laughs> to his close loved ones to protect them and, and be there for them. And he was persecuted for his true self and he was essentially recommended to leave, run away, but no, he, stay, he stayed firm, he stayed in Rome because he did not want to deny his true self. So I think there's a lot of beautiful tie-ins here to our true self. And yes, I'm using this in the context of sexuality, but you can use that in the context of anything, being proud of who you are, being proud of your beliefs and standing strong. 
Um, being proud that you're a Christian, of course, in today's age, that does not have the same punch that it would have packed in medieval times and Rome. Though, tying it back to today, in how Sebastian stayed true to who he was, stayed firm in his true self, and did not back down, did not change because people wanted him to, I think that can be applied to many of us today in accepting and being comfortable in how God made us. So, <laughs> alongside being the unofficial patron saint of the LGBTQ community, he is also the patron saint of the military, so any kind of soldier, as well as all athletes. And I kind of don't like that because I think I think today we have enough saints we could probably find like a unique patron saint for basketball, football, anyway. So I love that Sebastian can be both the patron saint of the stereotypical masculine, stereotypical athlete, military man, and of course I am using stereotypes there, I even said stereotypical, but also the patron saint of homosexual love. I adore that somewhere the super traditional military man and the unabashedly queer man are both wearing St. Sebastian medals right now. I think that is beautiful. I'm not saying it's ironic. I don't think it's ironic. I think it's lovely because it showcases how labels are only man-made inventions and how the divine supersedes that and how God loves us all and how we can all find a place in the loving arms of God his saints, and his creation. He's also the patron saint of archers, of course, artists, particularly gay artists, and as I've said before, protection against plague, disease, and illness, and just general protection as well. As far as saint allies, Sebastian can be used with any of the 14 holy helpers, though he is often seen venerated with Saint Rock, also called Saint Rocco. Uh, Rocco is a saint often associated with protection from the plague, so these gentlemen are often seen on altars together to protect further from infectious disease and breakouts. So how to work with Saint Sebastian? He is another one like Saint Joan where they are very commonly seen in what you might call folk magic or folk Catholicism. However, it's often just a simple novena. I have done a just a prayer. It wasn't even a full novena to Sebastian with good results. He is just a good person to work with. So if you want to work with him, I will share a folksy type practice you can do. But honestly, he is one where a simple novena will work just fine. So what I would recommend though is check out some of my episodes on Folk Magic Essentials where I talk about how what I would call a folk novena, which is basically a novena just with some herbs, psalms, and other workings. So I would just get you a prayer card, a novena candle, and if you're doing protection work, protective herbs like red pepper or black pepper, and then a protective psalm like 91 or 23 and just go to town. Uh, do the petition on the back of the Sebastian card, anoint the candle with your herbs and oils, and just light it. Um, and then also, I usually end my no 
novenas if they're protective novena with a protective psalm, if it is a prosperity novena with a psalm that talks about prosperity, etc. So I would incorporate protective psalm. We do have a protective psalms episode, uh, but I would probably use 91 or 23 because I use them for everything. However, if I were to pick a psalm to use with Sebastian, so this is a psalm that yes, you can use in a novena, or if you just want to pray to Sebastian, here's a psalm you can end your prayer with, and that is Psalm 11. And Psalm 11 is used by root workers, by conjurers, by good old traditional Catholics for protection. Um, I like this with Sebastian because it mentions the arrows, and I discussed this in the beginning of this episode. I quoted a bit of it. It's fairly short, so I will read it. It's only seven lines. This is Psalm 11. So I would include this as, you can write this and put it on a altar with Sebastian. You can repeat it after praying, repeat it before praying. I'm a big fan of that when working with saints. So Psalm 11. In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountains? For look, the wicked bend their bows, they set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows of the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, the Lord hates them with a passion. On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot, for the Lord is righteous. He loves justice, and the upright will see his face." So, as I've said before, it's a protective psalm. But what else can you gather from that psalm? He's also asking, the psalm's also asking God to rain down fiery coals on those who've done you wrong. So yes, this could be used in any kind of justice work or retribution work as well. So. Sebastian, easy to work with. I'd recommend a simple novena, though tie in some protective herbs, maybe tie in that Psalm 11 however you can. Though I do want to discuss a fun way to work with Sebastian, or an effective way, rather, to work with Sebastian, and this is one way, but again, I, I try to teach, try to teach you how to fish, not give you a fish, to use that analogy, which is a very boring analogy, I need to find a new one. So this can be used in multiple ways. So I'm going to tell you the essentials and then a few ways you can modify it or one way you can modify it. So I call this the seven arrows of St. Sebastian. You're going to need a yellow taper candle or you can use white. Seven needles or if you can find like little tiny swords, you can, but needles work fine. A holy oil, though any kind of oil such as a protective oil if you if you get your oil somewhere else that works too i just have a big bottle of saint joseph oil so i use that for everything um, the proper herbs for your needs and a saint sebastian prayer card so let's say we're doing protection we're going to take that taper candle we're going to anoint it with our oil again i just use my blessed joseph oil if you have protection oil that you've bought from a botanica or something that's fine and protective herbs. So I'm going to take that candle, anoint it with the oil, anoint it with the protection herbs. So for me, protection herbs would be red pepper because I have it in the cupboard. Now I'm going to pray to St. Sebastian for protection 
and let Sebastian know what is going on and what I need assistance with. Then I'm going to stick each of the seven needles in the candle and for each one I'm going to repeat, I do not fear the terror by night nor the arrow that flieth by day. Saint Sebastian, please protect me from the snares of the fowler. Again, that is, I do not fear the terror by night nor the arrow that flieth by day. Saint Sebastian, please protect me from the snares of the fowler. From then there, I'm going to light the candle and continue praying to Sebastian, praying from the heart or praying whatever is on the back of the novena card or the prayer card rather. And yes, the needles are going to fall out. Once you burn the candle, that is fine. In fact, if they fall out right after you put them in, it's still fine, but try to keep them in. All right, so that's the basis. This is folk Catholicism. You might be listening to this episode as a folk magic practitioner, so you might want to switch it up. So let's switch it up. Let's say we want to bring someone to justice. You would do the same exact thing. Yes, you could use a black candle instead of a yellow one, but I think it's fine. And the protective herbs too, that would be fine in this scenario because it's still protection while also bringing someone to justice. Those kind of go hand in hand, at least in my head. So you'll do the same thing. Though when you place the needles in the candle, you're going to say, Saint Sebastian, pierce my enemies so their hearts may see their evil ways. Saint Sebastian, pierce my enemies so their hearts may see their evil ways or a variation, though that is the heart, no pun intended, of the matter. So two quick and easy ways to work with Sebastian that are a little more folksy, though again, a simple prayer, a simple novena will work very well. With Sebastian, like I said, I did a, a brief petition. I, I lit a tea light and had his candle on my altar and spoke to him for a few days and I got his intercession during a time in which I needed it. So very easy to work with. Sometimes guys, all you need is a prayer and a candle and a pure heart and a open mind. But I too like the, the bells and whistles of stabbing a candle and saying, pierce the heart of my enemies. So I'm with you on that. So in summary, Sebastian is a very multifaceted saint. He is loved by athletes, by soldiers, by warriors, by the gays, by the straights, by everyone in between. He's an amazing intercessor when it comes to protection, when it comes to bringing someone to justice, frankly. And he will look out for you. And of course, he does have that background of protection against illness from the plague. So if you are a healthcare professional or you live with someone who is high risk when it comes to COVID, um, he might be a really good saint to have around, even if it's a prayer card on your front door. There's another folksy way of working with him, a prayer card over a door to protect against the plague. And of course, when I say plague, I mean COVID, the flu, illness. So a really interesting saint to work with, and I've really enjoyed sitting with him. Again, worked with him briefly while I was writing this, or before I was writing this, and I really liked it. I really liked it. He 
I felt like he gave me confidence. I felt like he gave me a lot of stillness in my heart, knowing that I am on the right path and those who may be against me are battling something on their own. It's not personal. And that as long as I know what I am going through is met with grace and a pure heart, then no one can come for me. And he's a really fun saint to work with. I was surprised by this, guys, because he's he's not one that I have really worked with before or really sat with before. And it's been really nice having him on my altar as I prepare for this episode. So I recommend everyone go buy you a St. Sebastian prayer card. Put him on your altar. He is on that list of underrated saints alongside Dismas with me. Um, alongside Joan, too. I, I feel like many people love Joan, but I don't see much about Joan these days. So Sebastian is up there and I hope everyone spends a little time with his story, spends a little time with him on your altar. And thank you so much for listening. Let's end this episode, as we always do, with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Saint Sebastian, you stayed true to who you were even in the face of death. You looked on your potential murderers right in the eye as they flung arrows into your body. And even then you knew you would be protected because if you are righteous and pure in heart, you'll achieve life everlasting. No weapon formed against you by the slanderer can ever prosper for you have the power of the cross. Even beyond that, you have the soul of a martyr, a soul of a warrior, and a soul that has been blessed by the Most High. And as we go about our week, about our month, about our lives, be with us. Remind us that those who come against us shall not be met with anger, but with pity. For they know not what they do. For their actions are not fueled by the divine or the righteous, but their actions are influenced by the slanderer. So we will not meet them with anger. We will meet them with pity. We will pray for them that they may see their wicked ways and their vileness. Because in their vileness and in their smallness, they cannot harm us. Sebastian, just as they could not harm you. Protect us from the enemy. Protect us from any illness, pestilence, or plague that may be trying to enter our home, or spiritual plague that may be trying to enter our hearts. Be with all of those who choose you as a patron, no matter their sexuality, no matter their gender identity, 
no matter their affiliation, no matter their label. Hold them because they hold you in their hearts for your merit and your courage. St. Sebastian, walk with us. St. Sebastian, pray for us. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. I have been your host, W. And remember, take five minutes today to think about how much God loves you. Until next time, thank you.